This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Morning, church. Lovely to see you all. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come to our minds this morning. We receive your comfort. Come, Holy Spirit, to our hearts. We receive your peace. Come, Holy Spirit, to our souls. We receive the Father's love for us each and every morning. Amen. This morning we're continuing with our series on the Creed, which has been a central part of the church's history and worship and purpose for centuries. And today we're looking at the declaration of I believe in Jesus Christ. First, we will take a look at the incarnation and then we will take a look at the identity of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In our text today, we see that Matthew is bringing us up to speed with the situation which has already taken place in verse 20. The issue, the issue of Mary's pregnancy. Joseph, Mary's soon-to-be husband, has just discovered that his bride, his beautiful, precious bride, is pregnant, and his world, well, it's completely crumbled. Here, we have Joseph, a practical man. He was a carpenter, and when his work was done, it was done. Yet he was also a dreamer. But he had to stop dreaming, and he had to be practical when God met him in a dream 
and encouraged him not to abandon Mary. He had to deal with the sin and the shame and the disappointment and the doubt, and he had to put his faith in his God. Scripture doesn't tell us much about Joseph, but what it does tell us is this. He could have easily ditched Mary. Being in a binding engagement, he, they were seen as legally married. So this unfaithfulness was considered to everyone as adultery. Mary's penalty should have been and would have been severe and humiliating. But Joseph, as he looked at Mary's body swelling with life, swelling and getting bigger, he had to deal with that darkness. He had to deal with his dark thoughts. Is it somebody else's child? Should I separate quietly? Should I leave her in her shame? What did that angel say again? I think that in Joseph's story of faith, we see this. Love begins, friends, when falling in love is left behind. Love begins to grow when falling in love is left behind. We see that trusting and trusting to love takes time and hard work. Whilst at Vicar School, I had the amazing opportunity to go and visit the Holy Land. Here in a small monastery in Nazareth, I discovered an icon of Joseph and Jesus. Now, I don't normally pay much attention to icons. They have their place. Um, but if you come to my house, they're not on every wall. But this one grabbed me. If we can have the picture, please. Typically, icons are painted of the Holy Family. They have them either looking at each other or at us. And it's, but notice here how Joseph is looking away. He's probably tired because Jesus has had him up all night. If you've got young kids, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. But when I looked at this icon, I thought it, it reminded me that, Jesus was lo- uh, that Joseph sorry, was lost in his thoughts. He had to deal with his thoughts. He had to deal with this challenge that God was setting him up for. For me, I think at its core, it offers us a reflection of the cost of discipleship. Joseph was obedient. He was obedient to the task at hand, and in doing so, he chose to adopt Jesus as his son. This was risky. Imagine what faith Joseph must have had in God, even when everyone around him was sniggering behind his back, whispering that he had chosen to stay and to believe with Mary and her tale. Our text today reminds us that Joseph was a righteous and just man. It also tells us that it was an act of God, an angel that was sent to speak to Joseph in a dream that changed his mind. Mary is pregnant and the baby's conception is from the Holy Spirit. This explanation is then followed by a command, you shall name the child accepting him as your own and adopting him as an authentic, an authentic son of David. 
The action of Joseph naming Jesus is also the action of him signing the adoption papers for him. Jesus becomes a full member of the Davidic line and his incarnation is sealed for the whole of eternity. The name of Jesus is declared by the angel. And I didn't know this, but it was actually a very common name of uh, Jesus' day. So why a common name for our Lord, who's so precious and so beautiful and so unique? Well, friends, it's because God always, always wants to find ways to unite himself with his people. This is not a God who wants to separate himself, but a God who draws near, close and intimate. So Jesus, whose name means Yahweh helps, is set on a challenge and a task to set his people free from their sins. But Joseph is not the only parent to believe in Jesus. He's not the only parent to take a risk. Mary, too, herself believes that Jesus is something bigger and better and something that this world needs to see and to hear and to believe him. After all, as his mother, she could have said no, surely. She could have said no to the challenge that God had given her. She accompanied her son during his ministry and she met his many practical needs. She even risked contact with the Roman soldiers and she watched her son's death. She witnessed the resurrection and she saw the whole world changed. I think in Jesus' parents, we see this. That when you say yes to Jesus, when you choose to say, I believe in Jesus, like Alex said just a moment ago, it changes who you are. He sets you free to have a joy that the world will not give you. It doesn't mean that life will be easy. It doesn't mean that there won't be challenges. But what it does mean is that Christ, through his Holy Spirit, will be front and center with you. So who is this Jesus that our creed tells us that we must believe in? Well, friends, you know this just as much as I do. He is the one that we love and we follow. He is the king. He is gentle and humble in heart. He is one with the Father, the way, the truth, and the life, Master, Messiah, and Lord, the gate, the cornerstone, sent by the Father, the teacher, the servant, the bridegroom, the shepherd, and the Christ. He is the Son of God and the Son of humankind. So what can be said about this Jesus? What can be said about his identity? Well, our Bibles, our Bibles are filled with the stories of lives transformed. He laid hands on those who were sick and he healed many with diseases. This is a God who had compassion, healed the untouchables of their leprosy and restored, restored those who could not walk for themselves. He noticed a woman who had been bleeding for years and he called her daughter, both encouraging her but also restoring her back to her community. 
And on the Sabbath day, he healed a man's deformed hand, and he opened the eyes of a demon-possessed man. In the temple, he calls over a sick woman, and he says, Woman, you are free from your ailment. He grieves with his friends, and his tears and his few words restore Lazarus back to new life. And even when teaching in the synagogue, he leaves those that he's preaching to, that he's ministering to, and he follows a father who is desperate for him to restore his dying daughter. And what does Jesus do? He does what he always does. He brings restoration, love, and peace. He puts the beauty back into our brokenness because he is God in the flesh. However you come this morning, friends, know this, that God is running to you each and every day because he is the source of love. A few weeks ago, I was on a train to London and as I was sat on the train, I had my dog collar on and it kind of gives it away when people guess and what you do. And as I sat there, I spoke to this guy called John. And now John recruits chief financial officers for big tech across the globe. And as he saw that I had my collar on, he very quickly asked me about my faith. And I quickly brought the conversation back to Jesus. John explained that he didn't have a faith. So I asked him, what did he think about the person of Jesus? We talked, we debated, and I shared something of my love and my faith in God's own son. Sadly, our time ran out and I very nearly uh, didn't get off at Clapham Junction. And I was kind of wanting to talk to him and thinking, how do I get off this train? But just before I went, I said to him, John, go back to Jesus. Get close to Jesus. Find out more about Jesus. Because with him in your life, you will not go far you will not go wrong. Friends, pray for John, because God is on his case. In our text today, Matthew reminds us that the incarnation and the identity of Jesus is what guarantees for us that God is both good and trustworthy. Do you know that love? Do you know that you have been forgiven? Do you know what love feels like? Have you ever asked Jesus into your life? Do you need to ask him again today to refresh you, to draw close to you, to bring life and light and love into your situation? If you need that, please don't leave without asking someone to pray with you today. Maybe you know that love, but this week, this year, the opportunities and the challenges have just got in the way, and you need to come back to your first love. Well, please pray for that opportunity. Expect that God wants to speak to you today. Like Joseph, each of us face problems in our lives. If that is the threat of our identity, depression, bereavement, or other forms of suffering. But our text today reminds us that in the incarnation and in the identity of who Jesus is and that he's coming back again, 
we can start to negotiate those crises that come our way and we can deal with them head on. So sisters and brothers, this Sunday, be more like Joseph, be more like Mary. Take a risk in joining Jesus' family and join in the creed proudly by declaring, I believe in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who draws near. Father, thank you that when we declare that I believe in Jesus Christ, it's not some abstract, far-off, unreachable goal, but you are Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we journey through this life, as we get tired, as we face issues, draw with us, draw into us each and every day so that we may never forget what our first love is, your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.